We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rock Pile Report with Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in the ex's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rock Pile Report Podcast. I am your host, Bill Season Ticket Holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. And sitting in studio with us tonight, Mr. Iman Azizi. Hey. Should be here. I was say, why don't you lean into the microphone a little bit? Yeah. Here's what I love about the fact that you're here. <laughs> First of all, copywriter by day. Well, I was gonna say because I just put a smoker out back and he gave me some instruction of, of what to, what did. to do. That was that was totally by design. I almost feel like it was one of those things where he walked through the door and then stopped, and like a Jedi was like 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 he sensed the force. He was like, "I know there's a smoker somewhere in this house." Those things got those <laughs> things always got hot spots, low spots. You just watch out for that. <laughs> don't don't trust your uh, meter readings. Iman Azizi, copywriter by day, barbecue purveyor by night. Uh, competition barbecue on the weekends. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Owner-operator of Q42 Barbecue. You've heard us talk about it here on the podcast. And you'll hear it advertised at, uh, what, the Off Tackle with Joe, John Fina, yep. Joe and Miller. Joe Miller. Yep. And you'll find it at our tailgate every single Sunday, uh, and which is one of the cruxes of tonight's show, which we're going to get to in a little while. And newly minted Bill season ticket holders, sir. As we sit here with glasses of the uh, Old Forester, cheers. Long distance cheers with my Old Bay Ridge. That would be one ounce of cognac, one ounce of aquavid, um, and uh, bitters. Uh, yeah, we're, we're drinking a, uh, a really sophisticated cocktail too, Chris. It's called Whiskey, Ice, and Glass. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I love about you. You've taken one of the stranger journeys around Bill's fandom. Mm-hmm. Like, I, Chris, we've met a lot of people. And I like 
stories. I like hearing everybody's story about how you become a Bills fan, what it is that influences you, how you got to be on the bandwagon, how you stayed on the bandwagon, and where you went. Dude, how I, far did you take it I, with you? I know that we, we're just getting into his fandom, but like, as a season ticket holder myself, where are you sitting? Oh, 331, row 14. There we go. There we go. It's a good view. You got the TV view where the Buffalo, the 50-yard line is facing you the correct way. That was important. Uh, was it Was it cor- important for you? How did it you was. pick your tickets? How did I pick them? Was um, it just, hey, this is available, and you were like, oh, God, nope. just get me in there? I had a list of where I wanted to sit by priority. Okay. Yeah. Based on price. Section 200 was dead last. <laughs> That was like number seven. Yeah. Number seven. Well, Chris, he sat behind us for the one wild card game and was like, well, it can't get any better than this. And it'll never get better than this. And that Jets game where uh, Hugo was shirtless. Yeah, so. Hugo was shirtless in the middle of the winter. That was pretty great. So you're here now. I, I guess what I, what I love talking to Bills fans about is this concept of like, where do you go? How'd you get here? Where's your fandom taking you? When it comes to off-season content, right, Like when we get into the tailgating aspect of tonight's show, and people who are hearing this now will understand where this ties in, Like when you get into being a podcaster and you do this for as long as Chris and I have, sometimes it's hard to come up with content, right? You you are a content creator for, like, professionally. They Yeah, I get paid sometimes. I get paid sometimes? This is pretty sometimes good. Sometimes it's just because they feel, feel bad for me. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. I saw your new truck outside. I approve, sir. All right. Yeah. I mean, I now I'm living in Buffalo. I had to have a truck. Well, yeah, it's Buffalo. It's, and yeah, it's South Buffalo, too. So yeah, you're technically South, South Town, so you will get hammered with snow. Yeah. yeah. No, you're going to get it. So sometimes you go into the bag and I go out there on Twitter and no, I mean, no disrespect to any of the people who are out there podcasting right now. The cover ones of the world. I see that uh, Judge Mathis, Mathis, am I doing? Because Judge Mathis. Judge Mathis. He has an exceptional head of hair. Wait, hang on. Judge Mathis, isn't that like a daytime TV show? I think that's some daytime that comes on around Dr. Phil time. Yeah, but he has better hair. Okay, that's fair. He's also much smaller than Judge Mathis and far less intimidating. Because that Judge Mathis yells at people. He's like Judge Judy, except it was like if you cross Judge Judy with Bernie Mac. Like, this is, (laughs) but I I digress. They put out a thing about how they were doing a show over on the Cover One Network about wide receiver uh, target counts. And I go, God bless you guys, because I don't have it in me. I just don't have it. I will listen to snippets of this show because I bet you there's a lot of interesting information in there if you care about the football team. I think they are to the second longest running podcast behind us yeah they started like right after we did they might be the air raid hour yeah that then became are they still the air raid hour or what are they now on the cover one they went from the bills guys to the air raid hour and they got picked up by cover one okay which is smart move by eric so it's just funny to me that these guys are out here like you're you're producing content that literally god bless you i can't wrap my head around any of the research that it takes to create this and so sometimes what you do is you go back, right? You go back and you say, okay, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do anything I've done before. And I also kind of want to review, like, what did I used to do? What did I used to do when I found myself in this position? And it's funny because damn near 300 podcasts ago, 
and four years to the day, if you're listening to this podcast on the day that it's uploaded, we had episode 114. And in that show, we touched on a bunch of things that are hilariously relevant today. And part of it's the reason you're here, Iman, to talk to us about this. Uh, the first one, Chris, that came out of my uh, conversation was notes about my impending wedding. The fact that I was about to be married and that I was lamenting all the things I was going to miss. <laughs> I was lamenting all the things that I was going to miss living the single life. The list is on the TV in front of you. Whoa. You see it. Uh, making two pounds of meatloaf and eating it all in, the sing in a single day. <laughs> uh, playing guitar naked. Um, <laughs> what? Like... Iman, you're looking at the list right now. It's pretty hilarious that this is what I I thought I was going to miss. But it's very honest. It's very, <laughs> it's very. How do you say like? What is it? vulnerable? It's, a, it's vulnerable. You did leave off going to Long Neckers until four a.m. <laughs> I loved that. That was the bar that I could go to when I was a mess in Lancaster. I drove by it today with my brother. So I would be trashed, and I knew if there was one bar, like I wouldn't go to Good Times because that place was where I like that was my cheers. But if I was trashed and also feeling like I needed to get a little rowdy, I would go to Longnecker's and make an ass of myself because it would never come back to me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to miss all these things. This is what I love. My wife married me, and after four years, I don't miss any of that stuff. And she still takes care of me. In the morning when I get ready to go to work, she's there with a smile on her face, pouring my coffee for me in the to-go mug. I think I've made out pretty fucking well, don't you, Chris? Nah. You remember me pre-you pre, met me pre-Larissa. Yeah, I met you with another woman attached to you. That's a that's a whole different story. But. How, yeah. So <laughs> from where I was to where I am now, it's pretty it's a pretty solid transition, correct? Yeah, you upgraded, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I Iman, you found yourself in similar positions, right? Where you're like, I married up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh once divorced and then plussed up. Welcome to the club. Yep. Yeah, look at this. Everybody's got to go through that. You We're going to start calling ourselves the trade-uppers, because that's what we do. We trade up. That's, that's how we work. Also, in that podcast, episode 114, back in 2018, there was two other topics that seem really coincidental, and I kind of enjoy it. In that podcast, we broke down what was, at the time, breaking news Jerry Sullivan being released from his contract with the Buffalo News. That was groundbreaking because for the for most of the, this show's existence to that point, we started in, what, 2015? Yeah. I'd spent three years just bitching about Jerry Sullivan. And I'd spent most of my life bitching about the way that that man did his job. I hated him. And I don't know. It was a, it was one of those moments where it was a seismic shift in what you know. Now, you weren't living here in Buffalo. Not at that time. Were you aware that he had been fired? Yes. I was, I was on the pulse. <laughs> you were, were you in St. Louis? Yeah, I was in St. Louis. Who was, who, I mean, they probably, I don't know if it, the Rams were still around, but who was St. Louis's Jerry Sullivan? What, were, did they not even cover the Rams? Were they covering the Cardinals? Yeah, they were just covering the Cardinals. They didn't who, even... who was St. Louis? <laughs> they didn't even 
talk about yeah. <laughs> who? Well, who was St. Louis's Jerry Sullivan? The, honestly, thinking back to those times, the Rams were so sterile. <laughs> I got nothing for you. They weren't even offensive. Like, like at least people here could get mad about the Bills. In St. Louis, they were like, "This is a thing that's here." Every sports bar had backers of other fans. <laughs> oh so, no. Like I, I was in. The, I helped develop the Bills, St. Louis backers. We moved around to bars. Steelers fans were there. Chiefs fans. Uh, I knew a few real Rams fans, and they were kind of suffering quietly, but they just <laughs> loved their town. And I, I feel the worst for them about how it all went down because those guys like put the money. They went to watch Mark Bulger for years. And hey, they, Mark Bulger won me a fantasy football title. <laughs> Not that bad of a guy. Not no. that bad. Uh, Tory Holt, Stephen Jackson, they had some guys. Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce, and uh, those guys are still around, and Kurt Warner still comes around, but the Rams were just very disconnected from the city. See, and that's that's they also had to hear. Let's not leave out that they also had Austin Prohl. This is because the Bills drafted his child yep. and dreaded to drink his Seagrams. They drafted Ryan Fitzmagic, too. That Yep, that did happen. Hey, whoa, raise a glass, Chris, R.I.P. Yeah, he retired today. Magic. He retired today. Wow. End of an era. We'll do a whole podcast just on the retirement of Ryan Fitzpatrick here shortly, because I feel like he deserves it. But so Jerry Sullivan being retired, much like Ryan Fitzpatrick, just put out to pasture. I don't know. I go back to that show and I listen to it and I find that we talked about a lot of different things about him. But... I think the most important thing to come out of that was that a lot of players like Daryl Talley had a lot of nice things to say. He said that Jerry Sullivan motivated him and helped him become the player that he was. A lot of other journalists said, hey, Jerry, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being willing to be the only guy who would say the controversial thing. But nothing rings more true than the fact that he was getting fired because his quote unquote voice no longer resonated with the fans. He might personally balk at that, and some some of his peers might tell you, well, that's not exactly true. I'll give you my exhibit A. This is Jerry Sullivan. We've played this clip for you multiple times from the Bills beat with Joe B. and Matthew Fairburn circa 2017, the day of Sean McDermott's inaugural press conference when he was asked what his thoughts were on the hire. Well, I'm not like fans. I walk in here and one of the fans said, Jigster. I kind of like the guy. I mean, you don't even know him. And oh, I kind of like the guy. Sorry, I'm the I'm, like him, I'm the universal and you like do him. too. Like, I'm a universal like skeptic. Hey, I'll give you a quick quick synopsis. Two thousand and one, my first year as the Bills full time columnist, replacing the great Larry Felser. A forty two year old, defensive coordinator, rising guy with a good resume, had just lost a Super Bowl, comes in. Guns blazing, everyone likes him. His name was Greg Williams. Mm-hmm. All right. So I feel like I've come full circle on this. And, you know, I don't really care about his defensive statistics, and they're already being spun more positively than they should be. It's it's just another Bills coaching hiring that is very uninspiring. And the bigger picture is that he's walking into a bad situation with a weak general manager and a bad salary cap situation, much like Greg Williams walked into and went 3-13 and because Don had, as he would tell you, he was left with a pile of, of you know, big contracts by John, the late John Butler. And that would be the situation if they had done the right thing and hired another general manager instead of Doug Whaley, because he's putting McDermott's walking into a difficult situation. Jerry Sullivan five years ago with Matt Fairburn and Joe B on the Bills beat. I mean, let's be honest. He was dead on with that analysis. 
You can't get Chris. If I have to, <laughs> it's in front of you in my notes. If I have to admit that I suck at prognosticating the draft, that man has to get on a podium somewhere and publicly admit that he sucks at prognosticating head coaches. What? Oh, his defensive statistics are already being overinflated. Um, Bill's been a top five defense. First of all, he said he didn't care about the defensive statistics. Of course not. (laughs) Those don't matter. Yeah. Uh, When you hear that, what goes through your head? I think he's connecting with the kids. This is, (laughs) this is what social media and reporting is now. (laughs) Just to take a hot take, dig in, be negative and roll with it. Get the clicks. (sighs) The reason that this is so coincidental to, to, to tonight's podcast in terms of following the theme here. Is because just a week or so ago, we were going out to dinner with a uh, friend, listener, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, I believe is now his current rank, and he'll yell at me if I'm wrong. Uh, Who gives it? Ju- Mustache Yulberg. Mustache Justin Yulberg at Lucky Day Whiskey Bar. We go out there, we go for dinner. I'm in the parking lot. Me and my wife are parking our vehicle, and at the parking kiosk, there's this older, nicely dressed couple in front of me. Was it me and Jess? No, 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 no. You guys were already in the bar. Okay. There's a curly-haired old man in front of me who's throwing an absolute shit fit. Because when you try to get, like, hey, I gave you my card. All right, here's how I'm going to pay for it. Oh, you want my license plate number. Well, now I got to walk all the way back to the effing car. And what happened to the good old days when you didn't need to surrender your blood type and social security number just to park your damn car in public? Technology's paving a road straight to hell for all of us. He goes, this old man is unhinged. He's on a rampage about how everything sucks and everything new stinks. And I'm sitting here. And then, well, he's waving his hands around. He, th- there was something he said there, and it, it, I remember it because it brought me back to that drop. And I'm like, oh my god, I can hear it. And I have a note for myself here. Chris is just scrolling up my notes in front of us. There was something he said during that the, the audio we just played for you that it just like snapped into my head, and I go, oh my god, I've heard that exact phrase before. Because we've played, Chris, how many times have we played that drop of Jerry on the show? I'd say at least five. At least five or six, seven, eight. I've listened to it twenty. Because I just, I was furious about it. And it pulled me right back into the moment. And I realized, sure enough, this is Jerry fucking Sullivan. Jerry Sullivan is in a parking lot in front of me having an old man yelling at the clouds meltdown at a parking kiosk. (laughs) And I had to just chuckle and shake my head. Because, you, Chris, you can take the old curmudgeon out of the paper, but you can't take it out of the man. No matter where he goes in Buffalo, New York, you can take his job away. He's still rolling around here giving hot takes and being a salty old man who looks at 20 years ago as if that's somehow relevant. Like, it was hilarious to me. Was he going to the same place you were? Same place we were. And I offered the waitress $40. I was like, listen, I will buy him a a very nice glass of bourbon. There's an, there's an older gentleman in a tan jacket upstairs. He's got balloons and a cake. I don't know what it's for. Don't care. Can you just take this drink upstairs? But also, can you deliver a note? And she was like, well, sure. What do you want the note to say? And I was like, it needs to say, drop dead. Signed, everyone. <laughs> and she just laughed and was like, no, we, we won't be doing that. Chris, wouldn't that have been fitting? 
Yeah, I wouldn't put it past you to actually do it. I tried. I did what I could, but honestly, I think the waitress, she she erred to the side of caution. Yeah, I don't just, know if that's legal. I don't know. know if that's legal. We're not, he goes, that sounds like a threat. I don't know if waitresses are allowed to deliver what might be a threat. We don't know. It's a weird gray area. Too bad we didn't have Iman there to copyright the thing. <laughs> yeah, Iman, you could have created a really great letter. For we could have made a riddle where it said riddle? drop dead in a different way where you had to kind of, before before anybody could figure out what's going on. The other topic of that podcast that was super relevant, and it's the crux of tonight's show. We talked about how there was recent comments made by both the Pagula family and by Mark Polencars, your county executive, which basically served to be the opening salvos of posturing ahead of stadium negotiations and how those comments that they were making kind of sparked some fresh fears of relocation amongst the fan base. It's a coincidence when you consider that just this week, Erie County legislators signed off unanimously, unanimously greenlit the formal memorandum of understanding by the state of New York, Erie County, and the Buffalo Bills as it pertains to the construction of a new stadium. For the laymen out there who haven't had like eight or nine beers and gone and read the 17-page memorandum of understanding and who don't know what this is. Yeah, that's why I'm listening. <laughs> that's why I'm listening. It's not a binding agreement, but what it is is it is the structure. It is the structure under which all future agreements will stem from, and it might be it's the launch pad. Right, if you're trying to build a rocket, this memorandum of understanding is the launch pad saying, hey, you as the bill sign, we as the state sign, we as Erie County sign to agree that we have a project that we want to complete together. Here's where we're going to sketch out who's responsible for negotiating what. There's a whole laundry list. Like, what parties are ob- responsible for obtaining what specific contracts? This sounds like a good plan for any marriage, friendship, relationship work relationship. I don't know why we don't do this every day. Make these agreements. Chris, can I get a memorandum of understanding with you? Probably. Yeah. Podcasting agreement. Podcasting agreement. Um, You make sure that the moose head is in the fridge and cold. Yeah. I, I bought a 12 pack the other day. I know you. I see that. And I'm very thankful that you did. I won't take my shirt off in the studio. I don't care about that. As long as you shave your back. <laughs> we can put that in the memorandum of understanding. See, these are all things that can yeah. be negotiated. But it outlines who's responsible for what. So you say, hey, it's your job to obtain X, Y, and Z. It's my job to obtain this. There's also a thing called a community benefits agreement. That's also something that gets agreed to in this step of the process, which dictates what Western New York gets in exchange for its cooperation, Right. Uh, where labor for the construction is going to be primarily sourced, right? Like it's the bills signing and saying, hey, we've reached an understanding that we will only get labor from Western New York, right? Or at least primarily from Western New York, and then we will go outside if we can't find it. Uh, Salaries that those jobs that we're going to be creating, what salaries they're going to dictate, how profits and residual income get split up. I mean, there's stuff where if you look at what the Falcons did, the Falcons in there, because that was the first one I could find. And so I went through their memorandum of understanding. They spent $40 million on a, to build a job training center and just to revamp the parks. 
that all comes out of this like, hey, you're telling us you're going to give this X, but also when the profits get split, you need to give us a little bit on the back end so we can sell this to the local public because this is the benefit our community is going to, some of the benefits our community is going to get from this. This is the team's opportunity to hammer that out with the county and state. And utility contracts, easements, things that don't, the, the layperson doesn't give a shit about. But overall, what it does is it provides a launch pad for all this stuff. And PSC spokesperson Ron Rakuya, he spoke publicly over on WBEN. You can go check it out on their website. He did an interview with them and it, right after the signing, saying they've been putting in overtime trying to like prepare for, hey, we knew this was coming. We already have the next steps in place. We know what has to be done, and we want to fast-track as much of this as possible so we can break, break ground as soon as possible. That doesn't sound like a team, because like I said, memorandum of understanding is not completely binding. <clears throat> There's no punitive damages tied to this thing if they decide, hey, San Antonio called, and they're going to offer us, a, they're, they're going to pay for the whole thing. They could pull the plug. But the fact that the Bills came out of this and immediately said, listen, we've already done so much of our homework that we're ready to get started in earnest as soon as this was done. So it was important that they unanimously passed it early because they could have waited until September. They did it now. The Bills are already pumped. They're on board. They're getting to work. Doesn't that strike you as a good thing for the future of the stadium here? That is correct. All right, Chris, it seems like this thing is going to go off, right? Without a hitch? I don't know. It is New York. The way you phrase it there, it is New York State. I'm not sure it'll go off without a hitch. Without a hitch, but it's as a Bills fan who is worried about losing my football team, this I don't is think music to my ears. I don't think they're leaving. No. So they haven't quite put the car in the garage yet. But four years after we started our hand-wringing about the future of our team, it seems like we've successfully put those fears behind us. And the Bills will indeed have a new home in the same suburbs that they've called home for my entire life. In doing so, and agreeing to build where they have, they've preserved what has become, I think, one of the most important aspects of being a fan of this football team. It's something that's woven into the fabric of who we are as fans that truly sets us apart from everybody else in the NFL. And that's our tailgating. Yep. They've preserved that for decades to come. And that's the crux of what we're here to talk about tonight. And before we start, sir, raise a glass. Another glass. Tailgating. 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 I'll cling to that. Yeah. Iman, how was it tailgating on the opposite side of the stadium to start the season? Well, trying to find our way. <laughs> it was, It was. where can I get in and out easy and figure this thing out of where our spot needs to be? And then it happened within two two games. This is what I love about So let's start this from the very beginning. You are living in St. Louis. Yep, 17 years. 17 years in St. Louis. You're, did, did, were you married in, in St. Louis? No. Well, my first wife I was. Okay. So I was living the suburban life for a little bit, city life the other half. Okay. So you had made a comment to me once about how Bill's fans hated, the, who came to visit you, yeah. hated the Rams Dome. The 2008 game, Trent Edwards. Yeah, we had about 30 people come in, and they called it a morgue. We all sat together up and we were like in the 200 section, like where, where you sit. And it was boring. It, it's like there's no atmosphere, nowhere to tailgate. We we're all at like a bar called Sliders up on Wash Avenue and just people like, oh, going to the game. That's cool. 
you walk down, there's a parking garage. You go in the dome. They, they had no soul to the team. They had like Elvis <sighs> on the scoreboard. I don't know what Elvis has to do with St. Louis. <laughs> it, it, they had like the Bud Light party zone, which is about <laughs> as close as you get to a tailgate. There's some guys who find little squares in the city, but nothing. I mean, maybe nothing 2%. Com- nothing compared to what we no. have today. No. So I guess, so then you, you, you meet your soulmate. Mm-hmm. Your, your current yeah, wife. Swiped right. Swiped right. Oh, yeah. you, really? Yeah, it was a Bumble swipe. Oh, Chris. Yeah. You okay? So let's talk about this for a second, because I My, mine was Hinge. I keep really? telling him that anybody who's online dating, you're panning for gold in a landfill. I thought Hinge was a gaming platform, <laughs> and that's why I didn't use it. No, it is a. Uh, well, I had to get on Hinge because I had already beat Tinder and I had beaten Bumble. <laughs> oh my god! So I had to get on Hinge and. My landlord will tell you that she was on Bumble and was on it for like 24 hours. And then her friend, Heather, who had met her current boyfriend, Josh, who has season tickets one section over from us in 201, was like, you got to get on Hinge. And same thing to Bumble. Like, she could only handle it for 24 hours. (laughs) And I had happened... To have had a profile on Hinge with that within that time, and then we swiped right on each other, and uh, yeah, now I live with her. It's That's hilarious. How- I'm the only person in the room right now who met their wife the old fashioned way. At I did a, the first a, one that way, and it didn't a, work out. And, and by the old fashioned way, what I mean is, a Tim I was a dickhead in the office, and she hated my guts for the first year she knew me, and then eventually she was like, you know, he's not that bad. And then she got drunk at a company Christmas party. And the rest is... Yeah, that's very traditional. It is. <laughs> it is. That's how a lot of our parents, I think, met. A lot of our parents. How did I become the old man in the room? Can Drew, can we do... Because it's the summer and yeah. we got to create content. Can we get Doug in here? Oh, my God. For Drew stories? Oh, my God. Dude, we have a whole... We're going to launch a segment just called Stories of Drew. It'll be 20-minute podcasts that we release over the course of the week. And let me let me just float. It's the, stories about Drew narrated by Doug. Yeah, let me just with fl- my commentary thrown in. <laughs> let me float the the two out there that stand out for me. Uh, I, it, these are going to be teasers. So there's the time that Drew picked up a woman at 3 a.m. at the Tim Hortons drive-through. Really thought I was shot the moon on that. Yep. One. And then <laughs> there is uh, Drew met a woman involved in Doug's life. For the first time, and Drew was naked on the couch with a roast beef sandwich on his chest. Life comes at you fast, people. It comes at you. I, fast. I know everybody's listening to that right now, going, "Yeah, I want to hear more." Well, Story, you know stories what? We're, with Drew. We're gonna have to get Doug Roloski on to stories tell these Drew stories, featuring Doug Roloski this summer. Make sure you keep it posted to the Rock Pile Report Podcast Network. But I digress. So we've gotten off topic. So you get married, you return to Buffalo, sight unseen. Yes. You yeah. bought a house in the pandemic. Yeah. Our friends went and looked at the houses for us with our realtor. How long after you got here did you decide you had to start going to Bills games? Oh, the day one. I mean, I was coming up every year for almost, what was that, 1993. Yeah. I come up almost every year. Then my ex-wife didn't like Buffalo, so I had to take a few years off. Obviously, it's a good thing you ditched her. And then got back into it. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I immediately I didn't buy season tickets stupidly the first season 
even though I know I knew I was going to go to every game. But well, that's what that's what was hilarious to me was there was this guy that I kept seeing on Twitter and Instagram with chicken wings, and I'd been trying to grill them for years and fucking them up. So I reached out to Iman and said, Iman, hey, I see your stuff. Hey, I know you you hung out with uh, Greg Thompson and Aaron Quinn over at Cover One. They came by your tailgate for the preseason game. Do you mind just taking a walk over, stop by our tailgate? I'd like some pointers on what I'm doing. And you came over with your friends from out of town. Yeah, it's the Washington game. Yeah. And you, you hung out for a little bit, and then you and your friends left. Did you bring a can of duck fat? I think I did. You brought your whole bag. <laughs> I brought a I brought a back sack full of grilling. grilling and this goods. was it. I'm like, oh my god, he has a he has a knapsack filled <laughs> with barbecue because I I forget that you're a competition cook. Yeah, somewhat. I don't know. If, <laughs> yeah, I, that's where I that's where I got my that's where I learned. It's where you learned. It's where Wait, you got your flair for this. When was the last time you competed? Uh, two or three weeks ago in Memphis. You're with, a competition barbecuer, but I don't <laughs> do it all the time like some of these guys do it like twenty times a year. I can do a couple. Okay. Then but I'm out. If you, what are your if you two still do a okay, couple, but, but you what do it. Two, what are your two finest hours? But wait. wait. If, if you had to put pick two moments in your bar- competition barbecue history. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's competition. It would be uh, no one. So I had a team. My first team when I went pro was called Porkymon. <laughs> and, and we had a little logo with a little Porkymon pig with a goatee because I had a goatee at the time. And no one knew who the hell I was. And I was in the St. Louis competition with like 50 teams. And we got second. And I was right. like, who the hell is this Porkman guy? Porkman. So I just. Well, well let, me ask you, let, me ask, let me ask you this. St. Louis competitions. I'm going to assume when you have barbecue competitions across the United States, certain cities rank higher than others. And I would put St. Louis probably near the top of the list. Yeah, because it's it's basically Kansas City and St. Louis is St. Louis, so they wanted their own thing, and they created their own society. So it's <laughs> it's KCBS with an STL in front of it. Okay, but it it, it works because they do they do a lot of stuff in the community. So so that put you on the map. That was that was where I so I did a bunch of backyard stuff, and I helped a pro on the burnt finger team on some on some competitions. And my buddy at work, he's like. If you get top five at this backyard thing, we're going to do the pro circuit this fall. And I got third. It's like, all right, Pokemon's going pro. So I paid my dues. And let me ask you this: Did you go to downtown St. Louis to a, a Boys and Girls Club of America and announce it? No. Kind of like LeBron. No, <laughs> I'm taking my <laughs> taking uh, my talents, taking my talents to St. Louis. <laughs> so what I love though is you had a cook where you beat some really well renowned. Oh yeah, the uh, American Royal. I cooked for a brand that I used to work on, and they all their influencers were competing. So they were like. Iman, will you come back and work for us and cook for us so we can have a party? Because yeah. you can't have the party unless you're competing. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go all out since it's all paid for. And I brought my little Weber Smoky Mountains, 500-some um, teams. And I got top. T- I got 28th pork, basically about top 100 overall. It was, I, it was important. I beat Myron Mixon on ribs. Hell yeah! And uh, all those guys. And it's just like. I still that see was my barbecue pinnacle. pitmasters, Myron Mixon, yeah. and all the shit talking. You beat him. I, you could say, I mean, it's it's competitions a crapshoot sometimes. Yeah. But can, uh, let I'll me, put that on the fridge. Can for people like me who don't, I don't know who that guy is. Imagine being able to say, I was well, I was going to say, relate it to a football team. Mm-hmm. Oh, be, is, Tom is he, Brady. 
Oh, so imagine he's that you good. and Belichick. Imagine you beat Belichick and Tom Brady at their game in Foxborough. That's what beating Myron Mixon at barbecue is. That's insane. Dude. Yeah, that's how good Iman undersells himself. He doesn't have the see. He's the. This is why he and I get along though, and we've actually talked about this with our wives. And this is something yep. that it's funny. We met, right? And Iman is the polar opposite personality from me. Yeah. I'm very calm, cool, collected most of the time. His wife, you could tell that with your voice on the show right now. Drew, I'm just trying to keep it together. Drew, <laughs> He's Drew trying to come off the rails. Drew is an instigator looking to start fights with people. What I love is that me and Iman's wife, Bridget, we are cut from the same cloth. And Iman and Larissa are kind of kindred spirits. You've got A and B types, and that's what makes a relationship work. Yep. So we met tailgating that one time and the very next week you reached out to me and you were like hey what are you doing next week i'm coming to the game i think i'm gonna come down your friend i think your friends came back once for a hot minute but you were but you were kind of dug in with us yep it took that one time of just coming by and seeing what our tailgate was at that point oh that was the i was like we got to find our spot where do we belong and it just Mm -hmm. took it took the week three. It's like, this is where we belong. Now, how do we get over here? In the mud lot. So, meanwhile, for the rest of the season, we've got a blizzard on Monday Night Football where we're literally holding the tent down from front to back, like a German U-boat style. Yeah, that was the hold the line game. Hold the line! And everyone grabs the tent whenever the wind gusts. And we cooked ribs. You yeah. helped me cook ribs from start to finish in that, in that yeah. shit show. And they were great. Yep. I mean, they weren't top-notch, but they were pretty good considering they got cooked. You were worried your temperature was screwed up. I'm like, there's 50-mile-an-hour winds. Your little your little one-inch probe that from the factory ain't telling you the truth. What I love was the the, the, the weekend of the Carolina Panthers game where uh, Bill's helmet bar comes in. Newberg yeah. was there. We did tri-tips, and you pulled this ridiculous audible with uh, pork loin. Yeah, that's right. You thought they were whole pork loins and said they were tiny little things. So you stuffed them with pork and wrapped them with bacon. You stuffed them with sausage and yeah. wrapped them in bacon. Yep. We smoked those. Those are pretty good. <laughs> we needed something hearty. It was a cold day. Zero degree tailgating with John Fina. That was the best. That was the best. We should have had a documentary made about that one. That's what I'm talking about. We legitimately heated and fed f- more than 45 people. Yeah. Chris, you just barely missed that tailgate. You got out of work and came straight to the stadium. Oh, yeah, the Patriot game, yeah. Now, I guess we go through all this to say that before those experiences, you didn't know me. Nope. You didn't know Chris. You didn't know any of us. This past week, you and Bridget bought my son a toy grill. Yep. That he still is playing with to this day. I come out of the shower in the morning (laughs) yesterday, and he's at the door waiting with with a plastic hamburger. And he goes... Meat, daddy, meat, and he hands it to me, it's and wor- it's working. And I get choked up about it, and then he claps for himself and trots away, and he picks up his tongs and like you, I, I sent you that picture. He yep. clicks the tongs. He's clicking. He's clicking the tongs, as every man does when they pick up tongs for the first time. Yep. It's it's universal. If you, you can't help it, it's, I've tried to not do it. It's in can't. our DNA. You can't help it. We've grown pretty close. Mm-hmm. We are, I genuinely appreciate you as a friend and not just everything you've, I don't know, that I've learned getting to tailgate with you, but just you and your wife's genuine friendship. Like, I appreciate what we've, what this thing has turned into. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you expect that when you joined our tailgate? I kind of did because I understood being a Bills fan, you kind of find your way and you find your people. And I knew we just needed a couple weeks and I was like, this is it. Here we go. This is where we belong and these are the people we need to be friends with. And Chris... Nobody's ever said that about Drew. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I've been friends with Drew for almost 10 years and... I still do not live by that. He I still we, finds himself questioning it. We're all, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, let's give it one more week. We'll give it yeah, we'll a little off. Week, it'll be all right. Well, Drew and I just have this, uh, we have the friendship where each time that we see each other, we have to be as most vicious as possible with like a burn <laughs> towards the other person. I feel like if I make fun of you, it's because I care about you. And it's because I, I care it, enough it to comes, know about it comes things from that I can burn the, you on. It comes from the, I guess now it's the, it used to be the Friars Club roast. Yes! You you roast the ones you love. Here's, yeah. a, here's, a, here's a thing. As a child, when I say a child, I'm talking five, six, seven, eight. Is this where you flip the plate of manicotti? No. And, and then dead-eye your mother? Manicotti. No, I, was, I grew up watching the Friars Club roasts with my grandfather and my Uncle Paul. I would watch these things. And then there were some angry phone calls home when I was in kindergarten and first grade because I would repeat things Don Rickles said because I thought they were funny. <laughs> Turns out Don Rickles, not who you watch your, what, six-year-old kid modeling himself after? But that's where I learned what was funny and what wasn't. And I learned about camaraderie because you don't, unless you can be, you can be vicious, but you, it's with love. And that's kind of how I've defined most of my friendships. But you met us in that crucible of tailgating and our friendship grew out of that. We, this story that you and I have isn't like, it's not unique. It's but we have we share the values and what we want out of a tailgate. Yes, you and I plan tailgates. That's what it is. Like For immediately, we're like we got excited about the things we could do, 
an, an experience we could create. So, and we're about the grilling, we're about the hosting, we're about the welcoming. We love being, like you and I both have that, where we're very welcoming people. We want to create an environment where other people show up and they feel like they're comfortable. And it filters out shitty people too. Yes. Because they can't hang. Not really, not really. Potter's still around. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he and his, he he and his fiance are going to jack you up and I can't wait for the day it happens. Like, it's going to be one of the coolest. Iman, you're going to be there, and it's going to be one of the coolest things we've ever seen. But So this is what I'm saying. Like, out of this crucible of tailgating, this thing that the Bills have preserved by signing this memorandum of understanding, they've preserved something. Now, everyone who's fighting for a downtown stadium, you've lived in that environment. Yes. City stadiums don't carry the same soul that you get when you're out in the suburbs and you have what the Bills have. And... I don't know. They talk about sports, about being this unifier that transcends age, politics, culture, even if it's just for a day, even if it's just for a few hours. I'd agree with that. And I say that if if fandom is this melting pot, then Buffalo Bills tailgating is that crucible where all that blending takes place. Yeah, 100%. That's, you're, you're, how old are you? 42. 42. I'm 37. I feel 48. And... But at the same time, like, we have very different life experiences. But you and I can commiserate about this thing. Tailgating and barbecue is what can save the world. And then together from that, we found friendship. Yep. And everything stems from that. I, Chris, between the two of you guys, because I already know where I stand on this, would you agree with the statement that based on your personal experiences – the act of tailgating has opened us all up to a more diverse array of people that we otherwise probably never would have come into contact with. Yes. I would have never met Bill's Helmet Bar and all your friends and peripherals of those friends and then all the people you're going to meet this year at the game who I'll bring in from out of yep. town. Like, yeah, I'll get to – I mean, we'll be having some podcasting people come in throughout the season. Chris, you you becoming a season ticket holder was synonymous with Potter starting to beat you up. Yeah. It's happened twice. It's In fact, everyone I know has either roughed Chris up or threatened to. Yeah. Oh. I, and I love it. But he seems so calm, cool, collected. As I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see how he can rub people the wrong way. He just seems so nice. I think it's the, the delivery. It's the delivery. <laughs> it's the deli- like, I, I may look like that, but when the words come out... The words come with a different meaning. That's fair. And I mean, when you think about what it is, what we're doing out there, where else can you get together with hundreds, if not thousands of other people who hail from around the world? I mean, Chris, we have a diverse array of people who have made their way across our tailgates just in the time you've been around. Hugo. Hugo. Going before, even before that, when it was just me, Potter, and Dan. And that's the thing. It's not just a party. Like, it started that way for me. Then it grew into this thing, and you build camaraderie the more people you come around, and the more people that start to, I don't know. Like, people give Hammers a lot, right? The guy who owns Hammers a lot, people give him a lot of shit on social media, and a lot of it's earned. He seems to have a really poor attitude. Yeah, that guy's a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, whoa, whoa. I've never seen the side of Chris before. Did, did, hey, whoa. Did did the recent uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial not teach you anything? You do not defame or slander, or else you might get sued for more than your net worth. How did I defame him? He's a bitch. Everyone knows it. 
Jesus Christ. But when you think about what he's put together over there, some very iconic Buffalo Bills tailgates take place in his parking lot. He's cultivated that over 40 years of owning a lot at this stadium. And I, I don't know, thousands of people who are listening, who are out there, hundreds of people who are listening to this podcast have probably walked through that parking lot looking for, I want to go see Pinto Ron. I want to go find my friends who are also in this super active, crazy Bills lot. He created something special that was like a magnet for out-of-towners. Mm-hmm. And in that way, there's not a single person who's walked through that parking lot who didn't walk away with a story. Yep. You, you felt something. It was real. Can't we one-up them? I don't think so, but I don't, I don't think that's what it's about. We I might, think everybody creates their own thing. We might be able to. <laughs> if anybody's currently listening to this and has the beat on a DeLorean that we can cook on. Oh, I want to ask the both of you a question. Serious question. What has tailgating meant to you personally? Because, I mean, everybody who listens to the show knows how I feel about it. I mean, they know that for me, like... It's good food on top of the good alcohol that you have, and then you stop at 11 and then coast through the game, able to drive home without getting a DUI. (laughs) See, Chris is dead inside. People think I'm kidding. Email. All right. I think it's getting up at 530 in the morning, prepping all night the night before, and it's not even work. You got a plan. You're going to have this camaraderie. You're going to have this awesome meal. And I'm not even thinking about the game just yet. I'm just thinking about getting there because I'm off the grid, untouchable. Nobody can talk to me about work. It's game day. You're just doing your thing, going to meet up with the people you like, the people you love sometimes if it's that deep. And then when it's game time, it's kind of like this you flip the switch. So I like that kind of two-parter, and then you're exhausted at the end of it. Go home. Don't get a DUI. <laughs> go I, home. Don't get a well, DUI. I have this thing with, with, my, with my dips that I'm starting to do is to incorporate it with who we're playing. So, like, one of the games I'm going to this season is Green Bay. So already in my head, it's like, I got to make a beer cheese dip because it's Wisconsin, the cheddar. Are you – do you plan – what you're cooking around who we're playing? I didn't do that as much last year. I might do it this year, though. I haven't decided yet. Last year, I was just just making stuff up, uh, usually chatting with you, Drew. Yeah, we about. got together and we commiserated about it. And yeah. that was part of the process for me. Yeah, get, get your uh, eyes on the whiteboard here. I got all the teams that we're playing. Although so I don't think all of those are home What games. I did was I reached out to a number of people, friends of the show, our friends who have season tickets with us. And I asked them the question. I go, well, I asked them the same question I just asked you. And some of the responses I got were pretty telling. I mean, Ryan Lasel, he's been on the show a number of times. He's been to our tailgates. You've met him. Iman, tailgating is the primary reason I attend games in person. I love watching the game live, but I'm just as content watching on my 75-inch 4K with the steps to my kitchen and a few more to my bathroom. Tailgating has allowed me to connect with my family I haven't seen in years. And with some, it's the only time of the year I see them. Games are a chance to bond and catch up with them, and I wouldn't have that chance if it wasn't for the tailgating experience. It's honestly one of the few times a year that I'm not attached to my phone or my laptop. We shoot the shit, we drink beers that each other brought, we share recipes for food, and we catch up on each other's lives. 
that concept of being valuable comes, it just becomes more apparent year over year as we get older. I don't know how many more seasons and games I'll be able to tailgate with my parents and family. So to be able to look forward to bring my own kids to tailgates and share that experience with them and build their own thing is extremely important. Even if it's one last time at the opening of the new stadium, it'll be an experience that I carry with me for far longer than that. Like that's, this is what we're talking about here. Yeah, that's it. Can we critique that for a second? You started out with my 75 inch 4k TV. Like we we wouldn't expect anything less from Ryan Lazel. Who's, the million dollar man. Hey, money, money, money. You you heard it. That's his intro. He's the million dollar man. From Mark Smith. Chris, get your finger on the button. You're going to need this. He goes, it's fun. There's no rules. You park in some yard and you do your thing. The NFL is and has rules up the ass once you get to the stadium. Corporate downtown stadium, quote unquote, tailgate zones have rules up the ass. The football season is short. The regular season home game time actually spent in the stadium during the game is about 32 hours per season. I want to see every minute of that. I don't want to stand in line with a bunch of waiting for stadium food. When you tailgate four hours before each home game, you double the time you're in football atmosphere. It might just be a Buffalo thing because everyone around here is so friendly, but the tailgate scene is the most welcoming atmosphere you'll ever be a part of. Unless you run into that hammer. Everyone has food or a beer for you and wants to talk about the bills. Plus, it requires a certain amount of dedication. Iman, that Blizzard game? Yeah. (laughs) You and me out there in the afternoon cooking ribs in a vertical smoker, holding the tent down because the wind is threatening to take everything that we own away with it. (laughs) Yeah, that and the chicken wings. I remember the chicken wings taken off for the Patriots, the below zero game, and the steam would turn into ice within about 10 seconds. <laughs> it icicled the, the wings. That was something I just wish I could have captured. Uh, he says, just going to a Bills game is easy. Planning the tailgate during the week is half the fun. You said that yourself. Going through the tailgate bins in the garage in August builds excitement for me, and every week during the offseason, I'm thinking of new stuff for the upcoming season's season-long party. As you grow into a specific tailgate group or park in the same lot every year, you see people grow. People die, people are born, new people show up, Woo. old friends come along. It's great. Your tailgate family is a place to escape from real life and just have fun. Oh, agree with that. Tell me that that's... Chris, is that or is that not correct? Pretty accurate. D- he also demanded that he wanted it read verbatim. So, folks, yeah, Chris has his editing work <laughs> cut out for him. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's you don't get the same experience in a bar. No. Like, I did the bar thing for many years, and it's just, it ain't the same. My friend Potter. I'm going to be the best man at his wedding. He just You agreed his, to that? Yep. He had his engagement photos done at in their seats at the stadium last week. Oh, God. And <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for him to beat your ass. Basically, those this is a quote from him. Those seats in that stadium have a place in my heart forever. Especially having literally the entire stadium to ourselves. It was more than I expected, but having seasons with you guys is something not many best friends can experience together. We take it for granted sometimes when we... And who would have thought of all this when we met up at Morrisville? The tailgate experience 
when you think about what it is for guys like us, we get to meet people. And those people, like, you do it with open arms. Because it's not only like, Chris, we're the city of good neighbors. Right? That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that that opens us up by default to being this home of one of the most inclusive football environments ever. And then when you think about the trickle-down effect of what that means to your whole day, what it means to your fandom, your, your fandom experience, what it means to go to the stadium on game day, if you just showed up and got dropped off in a car, I mean, guys, do you think losing tailgates in their current format would impact the way, the amount of enthusiasm you have to go to a game? Yes. Chris? Yeah, I would agree with that. You, Chris, in particular, you missed the tailgate. Mind you, I wouldn't call it missing when it's literally, what was it, nine hours of us in in the mud lot at zero degrees. I don't know that you missed it, quote unquote, because that was, it had its ups and downs. Yes, it was worth it. It was a struggle, but it was a worthwhile fight. But you, Chris, you skipped the tailgate because you had to and showed up for the game. Do you think you would have appreciated that win more knowing that you spent the day just hanging out with John Fina showing left tackle, former Bills left tackle John Fina shows up at your tailgate and then, hey, all of our friends show up and we get to break balls and have fun and Potter maybe slaps you in the chest a few times. I don't know. I think I probably would have said something to John Fina within 15 minutes of him being there. I would have said, why are you still here? <laughs> Because he's, you know why? Because we had the only heat element that he could yeah. trust. Could and he was it. like, oh, man, you guys have a heat solution? Could be it. No one else has this. And Iman could have cooked some masterful food. They all, the, both of those things were true. Yeah, but I guess, happy. but I guess it's the thing, Chris. Do you think that your day would have been different being at the tailgate and the game versus just going to the game? Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Somebody would have thrown me into a bush. <laughs> I mean, it's we've created such an environment that Brett Coleman, friend of the show, long-suffering Houston Texans fan, he's fly, He's going to be flying in to attend the Green Bay-Buffalo Bills game simply because he wants to experience this for himself. I've never met a Texans fan. This will be... <laughs> I met a couple of them and I just felt bad for them. I, I've talked to you guys all about what a ritual Sundays are for me. Just being there when the whole world is quiet, stadiums lit up, it's centering. It's It fills me with a, I don't know, I, it's like I get to be here and I get to take in this day. I get to meet all these people. I get to have this experience. And also I get to watch my favorite football team play the game. And it, feel, it fills me with the same feeling I think people get when they go to church every Sunday. And it, I just walk away from it ultimately feeling grateful. Just grateful for everything that's gone the way it has for me in my life. Do you feel sometimes that way walking away from this? Definitely, because especially when I didn't live here, I would come up once a year and go to these tailgates, and that's part of the whole draw of being a fan here that makes it different. There is no other fan experience like there is here, and it's more. It's it is a two parter. It's a two. It's a. There's two acts. There's that that morning. The late tailgate and then the game, and no other place has that intensity about it, and it just draws you in, and you want to do it every week. Well, there is a thing to say for people that come in from out of town from games. Now with social media, all you got to do 
put it on social media. Hey, I'm flying in from Minnesota. Who's got a tailgate I can join? And universally, that follows a bunch of retweets. And everybody, come to my tailgate. Come to the Hammers Lot. Come to the Mud Lot. Come to this tailgate. We'll serve you. Just bring a 24-pack of beer. Preferably, that's, that's very specific. Yeah, pr- preferably not uh, Natty Ice. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Iman brought it. Iman gifted us with a uh, a bottle of Old Forester and a six pack of Natty Ice Tallboys. He and I shared one before we started recording this podcast. You got to ground yourself, and I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. I love what this is, and I guess it's just if you're out there listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I remember that because Chris, think about all the people who listen to the show who have been a part of our tailgates. They know, they know what Greg Thompson said to to my wife. Like, it's true. You know, Greg Thompson looks at my wife the first time he meets her. She, he was like, oh, I tonight was the first time I met Drew. None of this is shtick. He is who, like, I've heard his podcast. I've, I've seen his persona online. I thought that this was just an act. No, this is who he is. And that cuts a lot of ways. Yeah. Can I, you've seen me fired up. Mm-hmm. You've seen me, what, smash some tents. I think mm-hmm. I destroyed one because I didn't want to pack it up. Which one was that? Uh, that the, was at the Monday the, Night game. Okay. They, yeah. they literally almost had it packed back into the bag, and I decided it was too. It's taking too much time. I'll and just then it just vanished. It. I destroyed it and threw it into the parking <laughs> I'm not the most rational human being. And yet, Chris, how many people have taken time out of their lives to come see us? Not just from, like, across state borders. Like, we have inner, like, jo- uh, Josh from New Jersey who stopped by with a bottle of liquor to do shots with us at the uh, the one of the early season games this year. I know Eric Schmiel's come by. I know that there's like guys from out of state. Uh, Trevor. Uh, Trevor Mahoney, I believe yeah. his name is, from Minnesota. Yeah, who actually forgot. Listen to this. Hilarious tailgate stories. And this is what you do. You meet people and you learn like, hey, now we're, now we're friends. I can bust your balls. The dude took the keys to the rental car with him in the Uber to the stadium parking lot. So he's tailgating with us for a game and all of a sudden gets a call from his wife and goes, oh, no, I got to go. And Uber's back to the hotel because he has the keys. Classic. How, how awesome is that? We have people who have traveled internationally to do this with us. Hugo. Swenson. Swenson. Uh, Rowan Keating from Australia. Uh uh, what uh, Terry White is going to do Paul? it this year? Paul, yeah, Paul Mitchell, Paul Mitchell, Terry it's, White going to be this year. You're all my people, all of you. Iman, Chris, you guys are my people. You guys helped my wife become an even bigger fan than she was becoming. Bridget was she didn't care about football four years ago at all. Thought it was she just didn't care. We'll go into it. <laughs> Then she's at my house for the Super Bowl. She's she's, she's at Mark's with house. Us. Hey, she's <laughs> sitting with with us for three quarters of that wild card game. <laughs> I try to warn her. You were like, "Honey, this is going to be cold." I was like, "Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit." Oh Jesus! Ah, uh, you sat down and you stop moving. Yeah, you're going to die out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, what does she weigh? Like a hundred and ten pounds, it's something around there. Yeah. It's but it's it's been awesome to have her. Like when you have your significant other into this as well. It makes it so much more just happy times. You get to share this experience together, build yeah. the tailgate together. And that's it. You guys out there both in the room with me right now and out there listening to this, a lot of you know 
like, I just feel blessed to have gotten to meet all of you. And it's because of this tailgate environment that the Bills have found a way to preserve by signing this memorandum of understanding and moving forward with this idea that our tailgating culture is going to survive. I, this isn't glad handing. This is uh, like, it's, it's not just about the breaking bread and the bottles together. It's literally just most of you out there who have gotten to know me, you have my phone number, my address. A lot of you I've opened up my home to because that's what's like, this matters to me. This aspect of what we do and how we're fans. And I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm just happy that this piece of our fan culture gets to survive. Being a Bills fan has led me to meet some of the best people in my life. See? that That's how I ended up here. I met awesome people coming up here every year. It, I don't think I can say it any better than that, Chris. Can you? No. This, not at all. This environment and this experience brings out the best in everybody, I think. And I, not everybody. Let's face it. Not everybody. But for those who are looking for it, you really do. You'll find you'll find what you're looking for out there. And mm -hmm. so to know that we're going to have tailgating for – I'm going to be able to show my kids what Buffalo Bills tailgating is all about. It, I'm not going to get choked up like I do sometimes when I talk about this kind of stuff in the podcast, but it's it's important to me. Please yeah, don't. It's not a Marcel Darius moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's one that's been years in the making. Iman, what are you most looking forward to about this season of tailgating? Is it that the pressure's been kind of taken off that, like, you know, like, hey, we don't have to fight like this is every, like, oh, my God, this might be ending? Yeah, there there was some of that. Um, I think it's now you and I working together, building the, the experience. I'm excited to take on the challenge of, like, the first game, Monday night, we have all day to do something. Yes, Everyone, you're gonna have. We're gonna have people from all over coming in for this. What can we do? And that's an exciting challenge to take on. Brisket. Well, we got time for it. We have the time. Maybe we do it. Maybe, yeah. maybe we get ambitious. I don't care. Yeah, I'll the ambitious because all those one o'clock games would not allow us to get that ambitious. And so, with that in mind, with this whole planning and just having ambition, Iman over here got a little ambitious and put together an event. An event that I think that ah, it's it's admirable that you kind of struck out and kind of put this together. Why don't you tell them about this Girls Mafia meetup? Sure. So this will be Sunday on the 12th. Uh, got myself a permit for a shelter over at Buffalo Harbor State Park, Gallagher Beach. Told the told the park we're going to have a bunch of people cooking, grilling, just coming by. They're like, you're not selling anything, are you? No, no. We're just no, we're not selling anything. We're hanging out. Chris, that's did we ever is. sell anything at a tailgate? You probably did at some point. <laughs> Church, you know, you know what my father-in-law kept telling me? He's like, you know, well, back in the 80s when we went to Bill's games, we did a boys club thing and we charged. You should start charging for your tailgate. <laughs> and I had to be like, Larry, I love you. I love you. But don't, uh, don't uh, get away from my tailgate. Yeah. No wristbands, none of that crap. It's just like an off-season summer tailgate. Yes. And just... Anytime throughout the day from like 10 to 8, it's basically like when the sun's up and the sun goes down, we're over. We're going to have about seven, eight guys cooking, making a variety of things. I think mostly on charcoal. We got Bill's Helmet Bar coming down from, Hell Kes yeah. from Keswick, Canada. Uh, I don't think he said anything yet, but yep, Bill's Helmet Bar. Blake is here. 
All right. Um, Drew, you're cooking. I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. Wait until like, I'm cooking. I've got a four-course menu. Yep. Oh, it's going to be a long day. Chris, I'm already getting excited about it. My wife is concerned. Why? Because you're going to be gone for the day? No, because she's like, I feel like you're you're being too aggressive about this. I was like, no, you don't understand. Well, I only have one speed. Yeah. <laughs> As you've learned, I only have one speed. This is going to be an event where we get together tailgaters from around the Bills community. Date and time? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. June 12th. So it's just like a game day. <laughs> June 12th. 10 a.m.? Shelter 3. Shelter 3 at Gallagher Park. Show up, bring something, don't bring something. I don't care. No one cares. Yeah. We're going to be there. There's going to be a crew of us cooking. Reed Ferguson, Bill's Long Sapper, the founder of the Grills Mafia, kind of like the 501C, definitely. He's going to be there. There's going to be giveaways. There's going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on. You're going to see Aaron Tom, Aaron Quinn. I don't know if Greg Thompson's going to make it. His work schedule is he's trying to figure that out. But Aaron Quinn from Cover One is going to be there. I know there's going to be a bunch of us tailgaters. Yep. We're there every week that you'll see outside the stadium. If you've ever been debating coming out to a game but didn't feel like you fit anywhere, didn't yep. know where to go, come out and hang out with us this weekend. Yeah, if you got a got a time slot from 3 to 4 where you're free, come on by. Take, take, a, take a step out. Have a couple drinks with us. Get to know us. See if this is something you want to do because I'm telling you that this is – joining the tailgate community is – I don't know. I think it it's definitely good for just fandom, but also it's good to get to know the people who are there. You find yep. who you want to be around, who you want to hang out and spend your Sunday mornings with. Yep, exactly. And just the, the other people cooking, we got Dan Freddy. Uh, he's usually up at the Mafia House, I believe. And then we got uh, – Buffalo News guy. Mm-hmm. Buffalo Food News. So we got Andrew cooking as well. All so. right. Yeah. He's, uh, I think he's doing ribs. So uh, I think that's what he's doing. I'm, I'm doing chicken legs in this economy. I kind of want to, I kind of want to do ribs just to, just to try to take a run at him. Just to try to take a run at him. I might bring the propane smoker just to, <laughs> God. Chris, but isn't that like me because I'm kind of a dick? Yeah. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> and yet, all of you show up every single week. Guys, if you're in the Buffalo area and you have time on Sunday the 12th, come out, hang out with us. Yeah. Because this is your tailgate crowd. Yeah, we're just tailgating. We're just tailgating. We're getting to know each other. We're getting to know you. You might find your fit for Sundays for the upcoming Bill season. It's kind of like a Bachelorette show. Almost. For, it's kind of funny like who that. you want to tailgate with. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. But for tonight... We gotta get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's barbecue chef extraordinaire Iman Azizi. And this has been your Rock Pop Report. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.